Hey, you can be seated. And I want to also say welcome to those of you who are joining us on the online platform. So glad that you're with us today as well. And in fact, church family that's gathered in the room here, would you just put your hands together and give a warm welcome to those who are joining us online? People, people literally joining us, not just from our city with those who are remaining uh, um, uh, um, quarantined, but people from all over the, the nation and all over the world tuning in to RevCity.tv to join us to worship today and hear God's word. And we're going to dig into God's word this morning. I want to continue our series, Heart for the Kingdom. And Heart for the Kingdom is more than a sermon series. It is the introduction of a fresh commitment of a culture that we are installing and deepening in our church. We've always been a church that has been generous. We've always been a church that's been active. We've always been a church that's been about missions and outreach for years and years and years and years. We've dedicated no less than 10% of all the revenue that comes into the church to the express purpose of missions and outreach. But as elders, we began feeling the Lord prompt us, call us, challenge us, charge us. What would it look like for us to begin to dream with him about how we could do more? about how we could believe for maybe there to be a fund, this Heart for the Kingdom fund that's driven by vision, to begin to have as much resources that are given and allotted to it as we have over here in our operating fund. That not just 10% would go over here, but that we would begin to cast vision and stir hearts and present a clear, compelling vision that's driven by compassion for our community and conviction that Jesus is the answer for those needs and those problems that ail us, that we would be so driven by it that we would begin to see the church respond in the way that we serve and the way that we give to the end result of us seeing many, many great ministries and missions. You guys beginning to dream about what God has gifted and called you to do, that there's maybe a specific strategic calling upon in your life, a place of strategic influence in this community, that we could begin to discover what it looks like for a church to become activated, to go beyond Sundays and Wednesdays, to break out of the four walls of the church and begin to make a difference in a way. How many of you believe that that is what our community needs, is the people of God speaking the truth of God in the love of God and going to be in the hands and feet of Jesus to hurting people in a way that causes them to know that there is a God that loves, there's a God that cares, and there's a God that helps. And so that's the heart behind Heart for the Kingdom. And we're going to take what was happening kind of behind the scenes, and we're going to begin to pray intentionally and specifically and say, Lord, what are you calling us to believe for in faith for this next year or two of ministry? And there are some things that God has already been compelling and charging to our hearts that, that, that he's calling us. We're actively prayerfully pursuing for a building or a piece of land somewhere in our city that we can go and renovate a facility and make it as excellent as we can possibly make it and dedicate it as a dream center for to provide hope and healing to our community, to provide clothing and, and food assistance, to provide addiction counseling, to provide uh, job training and practical life skills and discipleship to the ones who are most hurting and needy in our community, all for the good of our city and for the glory of Jesus Christ. We don't know where it's going to be. We're working the phones and talking to real estate agents and just trusting God to open a door. We don't have the resources already put together for it, but we're trusting that in the right moment, in the right time, God's gonna move our hearts to step up. And there, listen, when we unify around this kind of a vision, we believe in our eldership. We've just had a glimpse that looking back two years, 10 years, 20 years from now, it is going to be amazing what God uses you and me to accomplish for the kingdom of God. It's more than a sermon series. It's something that God's calling us to become in a deeper way part of the culture of our church. Listen, the kingdom of God was the primary message and motivation of Jesus 
He spoke of the church only a couple times, but he spoke of the kingdom of God over a hundred times in the NIV translation alone. The church is who we are. The church is who is what he died to form and establish, but building and advancing the kingdom of God is what he's called us to do. The kingdom of God is what he's made you part of. Just recapping a couple of our key scriptures before we move, turn it to the book of Luke today. Colossians 1, 12 through 14 says, he has enabled us to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people. In other words, he's made us part of a family. And listen, it's not just any family, it's a royal kingdom family. And I've encouraged us throughout this series that the reason that's important is that your position in God's family, your position in God's kingdom is not based on politics or popularity. It's based on bloodlines, and it's not based on your own blood, but the shed blood of Jesus that now has won you and rescued you according to the rest of the scripture. He rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Not just a church, not an organization, not a nonprofit. The kingdom of God is what he's made you part of. A family, and not just any family, a royal family. Oh, that's good news. That's good news. You're part of a kingdom. You're part of a family. And it's not just any family. It's a royal family. So we want to be a church that is about the main motivation and message of Jesus, building the kingdom, advancing the kingdom, going to the places where the kingdom of God is not currently ruling and reigning and influencing and impacting people and, and hearts and homes in this community, and us being willing to go and say whatever's needed in that place to reveal the heart of God and the heart of Jesus in that moment. And to those people, that's what we want to be about to increase our, our local impact. There's already a need that we've been made aware of, and it's tied to my opening um, exhortation today. We've been made aware that the Insight Women's Center, which we already partner with, it's an amazing ministry here in our town that, 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 that ministers to moms who, mostly young moms, but moms of all ages who have, are experiencing unexpected pregnancies or at-risk pregnancies. And they provide resources, they provide some medical attention, and they provide godly counseling to help those moms feel encouraged and equipped to make a, a decision that supports the life of that baby. So we already support that ministry, but we've been made aware that they have a desire to open up a new exam room. And we've, we're, in our eldership, we've quickly discussed it, and we've determined that we are willing to trust in faith that God will use Rev City Church through the Heart for the Kingdom Fund in 2021 to fund in its entirety that exam room so that they can more quickly schedule, they can more quickly schedule the appointments and see more of those precious young ladies to help to come around them and show them love and support and help them to know that it might seem overwhelming right now, but everything is gonna be all right. That there's some people who are willing to invest in their life. There's some people who are willing to take them by the hand and pray with them and, and help them to discover the future that God has, not only for them, but for that precious little baby that regardless of the circumstances surrounding his or her conception was created in the image of God. That's just a couple of examples of what we're believing that God will do through Heart for the Kingdom. But here's the thing, it's gonna require us as the people of God to live differently. It's gonna require us to have a kingdom mindset about how we do church. We've gotta understand that to have that kind of impact, we've gotta be willing to lean in and we've gotta be willing to give of our time and give of our talent and also give of our treasure. We're gonna to have to be willing to live out what the Bible says, speaking of the concern that the world has of all the different things that we definitely need in life. In Matthew chapter 6, 33, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and watch how all of these things will be added to you. We've gotta build a culture, a kingdom culture, which is 
a culture of radical generosity, and Jesus is the one who associated generosity with the advancement of God's kingdom in Matthew chapter 10. He said, as you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And by the way, I love how he said, as you go. You don't have to call a service or have a building or rent a tent. Just as you go, there's, there's a kingdom assignment that God has placed on your life as you go. As you go about studying at the University of Kansas, as you go about studying at the university at Haskell University, as you go about running your practice or your business, as you go about uh, um, leading your, your staff or your employees, as you go about serving in your workplace, as you go about being a part of the PTA of your kids' school, as you go about being involved in any area, any assignment that God's given you, as you go, preach the kingdom of heaven has come near you, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Now catch this, freely you have received, freely give. Jesus associates a lifestyle of generosity with the advancement of God's kingdom. And that's why we've defined generosity as a value of our church family. In the book, The Family Values of Rev City Church, we've, here's how we've defined it. Listen, maybe there could have been a better way to Write this, but this is just the way the Holy Spirit inspired us as elders to document this. A couple of years ago, we live to give. Giving is a Christ-like lifestyle. We generously give, catch this, forgiveness, mercy, grace, love, time, whatever is needed to reveal Jesus to others. Secondarily, and regarding finances, we faithfully tithe as the starting point for extravagantly supporting and building God's kingdom through our local church. We're going to have to be a generous culture. Our time, our talent, our treasure. And listen, giving is the verb of the Bible. God so loved the world. You might think it would be love, but God so loved the world that he gave. If God hadn't given, we would still be lost in our sins. This amazing example that God has set, he's not asking us to do anything that he wasn't willing to do first. To be generous, his only son his only son, and he gave, it, he gave Jesus in faith. The Bible says while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, before any one of us had responded, before any steeple or church building had ever been built or erected, before any organization had ever been formed, while we were still sinners, he gave, he gave. Listen, when we are walking in generosity and faithfulness in our giving, Again, not just of our finances. We're gonna talk about that some this morning, but just living generously, just, just on the lookout of, Lord, what do I need to give? Who needs encouragement? I'm gonna give encouragement. Who needs forgiveness? Who needs hope? I'm gonna give hope. Who, who, who needs someone to just come alongside them and just stand with them or weep with them or cry with them? I wanna give of myself in a way, whatever is needed in the moment to reveal the kingdom of God. We wanna be a generous people. Whatever we have, Whatever you need, God. Whatever you call us to do. We're most like Jesus when we're in the posture of serving and giving. At least like him when we are selfish or withholding. So from this, this heart, this kind of a heart, this response of saying, Lord, we recognize everything that you've done in our life. And listen, if you're here today and maybe you're hearing this, and, but you, you're, you're, you're that person who needs someone to come alongside them and encourage them and bring hope and, and bring strength and take you by the hand and let you know it's gonna be all right and pray with you or maybe invest in your life. You need to hear that that's, you're in the right place today. 
This is a kingdom church that believes that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and the hope, and that nothing is impossible for him. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but if you're in this room or you're joining us online and that's you today, you need to hear that sometime, sometime in the future, you're gonna quickly become a part of what God uses us to accomplish. But right now, maybe you are God, you are on God's heart. You are God's kingdom assignment today. He freely gave. I mean, there's a good heavenly father who freely gave Jesus. Our response, this heart, this passion, this priority, this pursuit is the foundation for our discipleship on generosity, on, and, and on tithing and finances. And listen, I'm gonna take two weeks, the next two weeks, and I'm gonna talk to you about biblical stewardship regarding our money and our finances. And listen, before you check out from this, from this discussion, before you check out maybe because of some previous ways that maybe other churches or pastors or maybe a perspective that you have, maybe some way that's been abused or, or, or manipulated, let me tell you, we need to know what God's word has to say about money. Did you know that there are over 2,000 scriptures about money and possessions in the Bible? That's more than two times the number of scriptures on faith and prayer combined. Why would God do that? Maybe it's because he knew that financial stress and arguments about money would be the number one predictor of divorce among married couples. Maybe it's because he knew that financial stress and strain would be the number one indicator of suicide among 40 to 60 year olds. Maybe it's because he knew that this was a significant issue that he needed to speak into to give us his word and his way about how to live it out the right way. And here's what matters is what can God bless? What can God bless? In any area of your life, come on, that's the big question your marriage, your family, sexuality, money, what can God bless? And so we're gonna dig into this. And listen, I, I really believe that beyond your finances, that these are some of the most significant, powerful messages. The message that the Lord's put on my heart for next week about the tithe, it's deep, it's profound, it's powerful. It will bring amazing revelation to you about just why. This is not just a fundraising mechanism for a church organization. There's a powerful, deep, prophetic principle that lies behind it that when we begin to walk in, it unlocks so much of understanding of, about, about what, how God operates and about what positions us to walk in covenant with God. But listen, before we get into the tithe next week, I, I felt compelled to talk about something. That's, this is a, a good place to jump into Luke chapter 16. Did I already tell you guys to turn there? I think I passed it. I need to go back and find it. Three times I told you. <laughs> Luke chapter 16, starting at verse nine, and watch what Jesus says. He says, as I, as I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Listen, this is an often misunderstood scripture, but it's a deep, powerful scripture. That word fail actually means to expire or perish. It means die. So watch what he's saying right here. Make friends for yourself by unrighteous man. But in other words, the resources that I've given you to steward, he says, make friends for yourself that when you die, when your life on this earth is over, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Here's what he's saying. He's recognizing that the way we handle and steward our resources is a part of advancing the gospel and that there will be people in heaven because you gave to heart for the kingdom, because you were faithful to tithe to Rev City or whatever church you call home. 
that you won't even know that your finances had a part in building the orphanage in Kenya and in supporting the leadership training school in, in the nation of the Solomon Islands. These are just a few of the things that we are already underway and supporting and that your heart for the kingdom giving will continue to advance. You might not even know that you had a part in it and that it led to the salvation of a person who's waiting in heaven to say thank you to you. What? Why are you thinking me? Well, because I live deep in the jungles of Southern Mexico and you gave the heart for the kingdom and it helped to support that precious young lady from Rev City Church who had gone into those jungles and learned the language and lived with the people and translated the word of God into my language for the first time. We had never had it. I was able to read about a God who cares and loves me enough to send his son Jesus to pay the price for my sins and now I'm in heaven. You had a part in it. Make for yourself Friends, with unrighteous mammon, this, 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 the, the finances, the things, that, the resources that God has given you to steward, when you fail, when you die, you'll re, they will receive you into an everlasting home. Reading on, verse 10, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is, also unju is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the righteous, unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you your trust, the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in, in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot, this is strong emphatic language, you cannot serve God and mammon. So how many of you would believe that if Jesus himself is saying, you cannot serve God in this, we ought to be concerned about what this is? Because he says, you cannot do it. You could try, but you can't. And listen, that word mammon, some translations use money, but mammon really is the appropriate translation here. And it's an Aramaic word that means riches. But more importantly, it was also the name for the Assyrian god of riches. That the Babylonian god of riches was called mammon, the god of mammon. There were people that worshiped unto mammon. This is the context. This is what Jesus, this is what people that Jesus was speaking to would have understood. You can't serve God and this God of money, this spirit that is behind money. Because how many know money is neutral? And the Bible does not say that money is the root of all evil. That's a misconception. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Jesus establishes that faithfulness with unrighteous mammon can actually lead to the winning of souls. Money is neutral. There's a spirit, though, that, that drives it. And our decision, every time we get paid, every time we're increased, is what spirit are we going to introduce onto these resources that, that as believers, we ought to recognize has come from God. The name on the top might be ABC Construction or whatever company, but we recognize this came from God. There's a spirit of mammon that operates, and Jesus says you cannot serve God and mammon. It was the Assyrian God of riches, the Babylonian God of riches. And how do you remember in Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel? Remember that passage, the Tower of Babel, where the people were gathering together and they were speaking a common language and they came together and they said, let us build for ourselves a tower unto God into the heavens that reaches into the heavens. And remember what God did? He came and he saw that they were ascending and trying to take the place of God. And so he scattered them and confused their languages. And, and, and it's a powerful story of what's possible when the people operate in unity, by the way, and speak the same language. 
It's a, I mean, that's the, that's the good news. If, if we redeem that story as Rev City Church, as the people of God, if we gather together in unity and we begin to speak one language, there's amazing things that are possible for us. But Babel means confusion. And if you add the word on, again, the Syrian God, the Babylonian God of riches was called mammon. Babylon means sown in confusion. So mammon was the God of this culture. And here's, here's what it stands for, a prideful spirit. Remember the Tower of Babel? The prideful spirit that says, we don't need God. We can do it on our own. I don't need the blessing of God because I've got financial resources. And you see it all the time. People who start out their journey of starting their business or launching their company or starting their family and their marriage on their knees before God praying, Lord, provide for us. Lord, meet our needs. Lord, open the doors. Lord, give me favor. Lord, give me the position. Lord, give me favor with the interview. Lord, prosper my company. And then prosperity comes. God gives the prosperity. And the very person who once was on their knees, desperate for the hand of God to move in their life, has now forgotten all about God. That's, that's the spirit of mammon. And that's where Jesus is saying, you can't serve both. You can't serve God and mammon. More than just money, mammon is a spirit, and it's looking for servants. Jesus said, you can't serve. And, and listen to a few of these ways that the spirit of mammon, again, the money's not evil, but the spirit that drives it. We have to, this is part of why we tithe. This is part of why we give, because we're breaking that spirit off of our finances. We're breaking that spirit off of our lives. And we're recognizing everything I have belongs to God. And by the way, we'll talk about the tithe next week. Again, it's powerful. It's deep. It's prophetic. But if we allow ourselves to wrangle over the tithe and the 10%, we miss the mark. The call of God on us as a people and as a church is to, is to give radically gener generously to God's kingdom. Maybe we ought to quit wrangling about should we or shouldn't we do this? And there's a clear, compelling biblical case that we should. But what if God just got everything? I mean, does he want to prosper you? Does he want to take care of you? Does he want to meet your needs? Absolutely. He does. Absolutely. But what if we started to say, what if we started to, to think not about how little I can get away with giving to the church of the kingdom, but we started to live from this different posture. Listen, I know this is challenging, but I'm challenging us to be a church that builds God's kingdom. What if we started to say, how could we live and think differently? And how could we trust God to prosper us in such a way? Because we're faithful with little that he would give us much and that we could be used of God to do great and mighty things, to resource the kingdom, to build the, the mission, to, to start the missions, to build the facilities, to, to advance the causes that will make a difference in our culture and our community for the glory of Jesus Christ. That's the, that's the heart that I believe God is calling us to have as a church. But watch out, so we cannot serve God in mammon. Watch this how the spirit of mammon operates. The spirit of mammon exalts itself against God and promises us everything that only God can give. Security and peace. If you only had more money, you'd have less worries. <laughs> but that's the spirit that, that operates there significance and identity. If you only had more money, you'd really be somebody and people would listen to you then. Freedom and independence. Boy, you could really live if you just had more money. Happiness. If you just had more money, you'd have a better marriage. You'd have respect. People would listen to what you had to say. Health. 
Listen, many a person has exhausted the entirety of their financial resources in a fight for their health in the latter days of life. The very resources that they laid down their health and laid down their marriage and laid down their family on the altar of success to to gather to themselves. Because mammon cannot provide what only God can provide. Only God can give security. Only God can give significance. Only God can give you identity and purpose. Only God can be the healer of your body, mind, and soul. Only God is the firm foundation for your marriage, family, and future. Only God can bring love, peace, and joy in a way that can't be stolen, taken, or lost. Mammon is a false God who's looking for servants. And you, we cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is a false God and he's looking for worshipers. He's looking for worshipers because worship is the expression of our heart towards whom we really trust. And watch what Jesus said, Matthew 6, 19. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin will not destroy. Thieves do not break in and steal. Watch this, watch this connection because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mammon is a spirit who's looking for servants and mammon is a spirit who's looking for worshipers because worship is the expression of our heart towards whom we really serve. It's not about money. It's about the place that money has in your heart. And it's about the perspective of realizing why God desires to bless his people that he wants to bless us. Going back to Abraham, you will be blessed. And I mean, if you read some of the promises of God to those who will put God first and honor God and live and walk in covenant with God, listen, we we need to believe, we we, we need a revival of believing in the good parts of the Bible. God wants to bless you. I mean, to be blessed, to be a blessing. And the question really is this, how much can God bless us and we won't use it against him or allow it to take, his place. Dealing with that issue allows God to look down and say, man, I see my servant, I see my son, I see my daughter, I see how they're working hard and they're, they're, they're serving well and I, I'm, I'm gonna pour out my blessings upon them. The Bible says 30, 60, 90, 100 fold because they realize and recognize that it's not coming by their own strength. It's not coming by the sweat of their brow. Those are good things and admirable traits and biblical qualities, but it's coming from the hand of God. And they realize that they're blessed to be a blessing and that I have put them in the earth to build and advance my kingdom. Faithful with little, be faithful with much. Faithful with little, be faithful with much. Listen, if you're hearing this message here online, you're saying, well, that's good for people that have resources, but I don't really have resources. If you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. He's not after our money, he's after our hearts. When he gets our hearts, he gets everything. That's why we call this heart for the kingdom. Heart for the kingdom, heart for the kingdom, heart for the kingdom. Lord, our heart is for your kingdom. There's a lot of things and even good things that you'll call us to put our hands to, but at the end of it all, most of the things that we build are gonna pass away. But there's a way to use unrighteous mammon that there will be people on the other side of eternity, think about it, waiting to say thank you because of the way that we use our resources, our time, our talent, our treasure to convert it to the preaching and the furthering of the gospel of Jesus Christ for the reaching of precious people 
who maybe right now are just like we once were, far from God, lost, blind. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Let's prepare to respond to God. And I... Listen, here's what I understand is that this is a challenging message, but I believe as your pastor that I am called not to just preach what is popular, but what will position you to be blessed by God. And I started thinking about that. Oh goodness, Lord, over the span of three weeks, I've given a pastoral caution about how much to really engage with Halloween. I'm gonna talk about politics and I'm gonna talk about money. I mean, let, we're just clear the deck right now, you know, like who's, who's really ready to be all in for God? To walk in the blessing of God, we need to live according to the word of God. And we have not done anyone any favors by holding back, shrinking back, or allowing fear or intimidation or the idea or possibility that a few people might walk out the door to keep us from preaching boldly with clarity and conviction the word of God. And if we don't embrace this, if we don't embrace this, heart for the kingdom will be a noble idea, but won't really ever have the traction or the impact that God wants it to have. I mean, I, I, I wanna look back, say, Lord, what you bless me with, again, my time, my talent, my treasures, they're all critically important. My, my heart was yours. I, I, I lived out what it looks like to seek first the kingdom and trust you for everything else. And that's how I want us to respond today. Maybe that's a new, charge, a new revelation, or maybe for you it's a reminder, but can we just take a moment and just respond to God? Just say, Lord, you have my heart. Right there where you are, just begin to say, Lord, you have my heart. I know you're not after my money. You're after my heart. And when you get my heart, you get everything. I'll show up and serve at the church. And we have needs in many places because of the season that we've been through with some people that, that previously were serving in those teams, not yet comfortable to come back. Listen, would you come and would you help us? We need, we need men to step up and help us with the, with the security team out here. We need people to come and help us with the children's ministry. We need people to help us out in the front with hospitality. Would you come and make yourself available in your time and your talent? You can make a difference. You can make a difference. And it's part of what God has called you to do, to steward your resources, your time and your talent. Listen, I, 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 I know we're responding to God, but I just feel compelled to just give you the opportunity, the on-ramp to respond to that exhortation right there. We've tried to make it easy. You can text the word serve to that key number that we use all the time, 30500. And there's a form that'll come back that'll begin to display for you all the different ways that you can serve in this church. Would you step out and respond and say, I wanna be a part of building God's kingdom through my local church. I wanna come and serve. Help me find the place that I can best and most quickly step into to begin to make a difference. And Lord, you have our heart, which means Lord, everything that we have, we recognize it comes from you. And I wanna take a moment and just give you an opportunity to repent. Listen, that's, that's another word that there's been kind of a, a negative connotation placed around and it, it's wrong. Repentance is what Jesus preached. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Begin to think differently. Begin to turn away from some things and turn to some things. Begin to think differently about how to live your life and manage your resources and go about your business. And so I wanna give you an opportunity. Maybe today you've realized in some way, shape or form 
that you've been trying to serve that spirit of mammon and also serve God at the same time. And today you're realizing, I'm gonna give you one moment to right there where you are, just do business between you and God. Maybe just under your breath, just let him know he, he sees and hears your heart. And just, just tell him, Lord, I'm sorry for the way that I've lived in that area. I've allowed fear or I've, I've allowed selfishness or whatever it is that's been the motivating factor for you. I've allowed some of the things in my past, the way I was raised or trained, with maybe a poverty spirit that there was never enough and we had to hoard what we have because we feared that God wasn't really able to do what he would say he would do, which is provide according to his riches and glory, his abundance. For whatever it is for you, whatever was the motivating factor right there, just take personal responsibility and say, Lord, for the way forward, I wanna live this out differently. I wanna trust you. I wanna prioritize you. I wanna live generously and we don't give to get. We give just to give. We give to give. We give to give, we don't give to get. But when we give, when, we, when our heart is in the right place, I'm telling you, it, it opens. The Bible says, we'll, we'll dig into it next week. Test me in this, try me in this, watch that I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out over your life. And so Lord, I thank you for what you're doing, Lord. These are, this is a critical moment, it's a pivotal decision, God. And I pray, Lord, that we as a people would be a generous church that builds your kingdom, God. Our time, our talent, our treasure, again, we remind ourselves it's about more than our money. It's about whatever's needed to reveal Jesus in any situation, in any situation. Right there, just finish up however it is that you're talking to God, just repenting and doing business, making a fresh commitment, making a fresh decision, make a, making a quality decision. Thank you, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our hearts today, in Jesus' name. Thank you for what it's gonna result in, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' mighty name. And before we worship, and dismiss our service. If you're here in this room and you're far from God, or maybe you're joining us online, you're far from God, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. You, we Going back to the, the, the start of this message, God was the most generous giver of all time. He gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. And listen, if you're here this morning and you're a prodigal son or daughter, you once lived for God and served God and maybe went to church, but you've drifted and you've allowed some of this spirit maybe that we've even talked about that is in the world that has, causes us to live for things other than God, that's come into your life and it's caused you to drift from God and you look up today and you're far from God, here's the good news. If you're hearing this message today, you are not here by accident. We believe in a sovereign, divine God and he's speaking this message directly to your heart because he's calling you back home to a place that transcends religion, a place of relationship, of knowing him and, and you being known by him. The good, the bad, he was there in the difficult moments. It's the reason he sent Jesus to pay the price, to wash away all the sin, guilt, and shame that the world has tried to put on you, that our own bad decisions and determinations put us into those situations. Lord, we thank you today for those people, right? If that's you, or maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. We're passionate about this. We believe Jesus makes all things new. He restores broken situations. He makes newness of life. If that's you right now, respond to God by the lifting of your hands. Say, that's me. I'm coming home to Jesus. I need forgiveness of my sins and a fresh start in God. If you're online and you're joining us, we wanna encourage you, even though maybe no one's watching, maybe you're by yourself, you're not responding to a preacher, you're responding to a heavenly father right there where you are. Lift your hand towards God. Say, that's me. I believe he looks down and he sees, thank you, Lord, for these precious people. Thank you, Lord, for these precious hands. And your hand going up today is, is important. But what's most important is what is happening in your heart. 
what's happening in your heart. This is an outward sign of something amazing that's happening on the inside. And so Lord, we thank you for these precious people. We're gonna pray with you. We're gonna pray with you. And Rev City Church family, you know what's coming. We pray this prayer together with those precious people who raised their hands and we pray it for a couple of reasons. One is to just quickly show these precious people who responded to, to Jesus today that there's a church family that quickly wants to come alongside them and, and encourage them in their fresh faith in Jesus. And two, we pray it together corporately because it reminds us that we, even as we're growing in our faith, we never graduate from grace. We need Jesus today just as much as we ever have. So come on church with the precious people who lifted their hands and who are responding online. Let's pray this together. Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a savior. I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price that I could never pay, to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start. I give you my life, I give you my trust. And because of Jesus, because of the cross of Jesus, I'll never be the same. Come on, would you put your hands together and celebrate with all of heaven for the precious people who gave their life to Jesus today. Listen, we're gonna worship here in a moment. We're gonna worship quickly. We're gonna dismiss. But listen, if you responded, you raised your hand, there's precious people back here. We would love to uh, put some resources in your hand to encourage you in your fresh faith with Jesus. We have a Bible just like this one, a Fresh Start Bible. It's the Word of God. It has amazing devotions all the way throughout it to just help you to begin to dig into God's Word in a fresh or new way. If you're joining us online and you rededicated or gave your life to Jesus, we'd love to send you the very same resources, including that Bible. If you're in the continental United States, text NEW LIFE to 30500. If you're international, you can email NEW LIFE to RevCity.com, NEW LIFE at RevCity.com. Hey, let's, let's, uh, let's commit this week to be in prayer for our nation. And let's commit to just really lean in and trust God for um, what he's doing in our nation and in our church and that he has called us. Listen, I'm telling you, who's faithful with little will be faithful with much. In, 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 in a lot of ways, maybe we're, we, we'd be considered a small church. There's a big impact that we can make if we rally around this vision and this concept of heart for the kingdom. Amen, amen, amen. Can we give the Lord a clap and a praise one more time and let's worship one more time.